So we are here. 2021 is upon us. It's a new year, a new day, and there's optimism as we look ahead. Today we celebrate Epiphany, and uh, Epiphany is, uh, as we've sung about and spoken about so far in the service today, is the time when we remember the Magi, or the three wise men, uh, the three kings, coming to see Jesus. And as we talk about the Magi, we'll relate that to where we are today. Because where we are today uh, feels like um, we've woken up and we're still here. What I mean is, in 2020, many of us longed for the end of 2020, because in 2021 there would be hope, and surely this COVID thing will be past us. And yet, as 2021 dawns, there's a sense that we are probably still going to be in this for quite a while. Depending on who you listen to, it could be another year, it could be longer uh, before life returns to normal. And in a sense, as we get to the Feast of the Epiphany, we are still in the Christmas season. We're still celebrating the incarnation of Jesus, God's Son coming to earth. And if you look around in the streets around you, I'm sure by now most of the Christmas lights have been turned off. They probably haven't been taken down because we'll all wait for a dry day to do that. Certainly I will, if I can possibly help it. But the Christmas lights are off. And yet, in the church, we insist, no, no, no the 12 days of Christmas start um, at Christmas and they carry on till Epiphany. So we're still in this season of celebrating Jesus coming into the world, and yet the world has moved on to the new year. And so as we then look to the Magi coming at Epiphany, there's a sense of saying, are we still celebrating Christmas? Because it did take some time, about two years um, probably before the Magi actually came to visit. I'm sure we add it to the Christmas story because it adds a, um, another exciting dynamic when we have uh, children dressed up, um, or indeed adults dressed up as kings. I'll speak about each of the gifts in a moment. Let's take a look at the passage, Matthew 2, and verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Who is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Here are the three people we colloquially know as the three kings standing before Herod, who is the king. And they are saying, We have come to worship the king. Lots of kings, you might think. We've come to worship the king. These astrologers, stargazers, gazers watching uh, in the sky to, to see, um, and they notice that the star is different. They must have known more than just a star. So they, they followed. They followed to come and see. And they did, I guess, what people would do. They went straight to the king and said, you're the king, you must know where is this king going to be? Herod heard this verse 3 and was disturbed. Maybe you've seen one or two shows on Netflix recently that include the royal family. 
or other films you might think of that spring to mind. I imagine King Herod being disturbed uh, was not like someone turning over in their sleep because they're disturbed, but King Herod's kind of disturbed was probably quite a, an angry rage. He was disturbed. He called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Messiah would be born. And they quote the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and so it goes on. So um, it's like they're kind of unpacking the mystery. Where is this Messiah coming from? And yet for us, as we read Matthew's Gospel, and as we think of the first readers of Matthew's Gospel, which would have been particularly um, a, a Jewish audience, here we have, uh, sown here, um, we have the, the religious leaders saying, well, the Messiah is going to come to Bethlehem. We have a place and a marker uh, right there near the start of the Gospel, pointing out that Jesus is the Messiah. So then, verse 7, Herod calls the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sends them on his way to Bethlehem. So he helps them in a sense. And they go. He says, go look for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me. And so off they went. And they still look at the star and the star seems to be moving in the sky and stops over the place where the child was. Of course, the picture uh, we have um, is the picture of the star stopping over the stable, um, the stable that happens to look quite North American, typically in the depictions we have, and the baby who's still uh, very, very small indeed. When they saw the star, they're overjoyed. But it says, on coming to the house, not the stable, on coming to the house, they saw the child, Jesus, with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. As they come and they find Jesus, the response is one of bowing down and worshipping him. To worship, from the old English word, worth-ship, to give worth, to ascribe worth to when we come together, uh, even online, and worship Jesus. It's about uh, giving him the glory. As we sang in the chorus just before, um, we'll give him all the glory. So they came to worship. The kings teach us something about worship because they bring gifts. They bring gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh become over the years, uh, the, the subject of many, many comedy jokes and sketches. Couldn't they have bought something more useful, we might say? Happy with the gold and the frankincense, but don't worry so much about the myrrh. At school, I was in the choir, and in the choir, uh, they needed um, three, um, they decided they needed three, three boys to sing the three solo uh, verses of We Three Kings. Um, there weren't very many of us uh, boys in the choir at the time um, in, in my kind of age group, so uh, it wasn't that hard to get a part as one of the three kings. Um, and uh, so there I am hoping for, you know, gold, that'd be a good verse to sing, 
or frankincense. Um, but you can guess where this is going, and yes, I got the myrrh. And, uh, and the thing about the myrrh verse, it's actually quite tricky if you, if you look at it. It's got a lot of, um, you need to have your teeth in, shall we say, to make sure we sing um, the, uh, the, the gloomy words of the verse. The gifts that they brought were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold because Jesus is king. Frankincense because he is a priest, and myrrh because he would go on to die as a, um, as a, a symbol of, of the death that was coming, of his saving work that he would do on the cross. So they bought their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh for a king, a priest, and a savior. And as they offered their gifts, Gifts which to us are another mark in the story. We see clearly here at the start of Matthew's gospel, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one who's going to come. And we see how they offer worship. They set the pattern for worship at the start of the gospel. That worship is bowing down before him because how can they stand in his presence? That worship is offering the gifts and they offer what they have. In this case, they've thought carefully about the gifts and traveled with them for a long time. But at the start of 2021, I want to say to you, whoever you are watching, uh, whether you're someone who's in our community at St. George's or you're not, that as we come to worship Jesus, we offer what we have. And sometimes uh, we can offer uh, a lot, it seems. Other times we feel like it's hard to offer anything whatever it is that we offer, uh, we offer it uh, knowing that Jesus receives it with joy. Not because of what it is, but because of what it symbolizes. There's a verse at the end of um, the hymn, the carol, In the Bleak Midwinter. I always find In the Bleak Midwinter is a really dreary carol. Um, and then I get to the last verse, and it's like, wow. If I was a wise man, I would bring all these gifts, it says. And what can I bring, poor as I am? I can bring all I have, which is my heart. Epiphany uh, means the manifestation. Often people talk about having an epiphany moment. We call this festival the epiphany because for the wise men, this was the manifestation. Not just any manifestation, it wasn't that suddenly they'd realized you know, how you might be trying to solve some technical problem with the computer or smart device for ages and all of a sudden you have that epiphany moment, you say, and yes, I, I know how to do it now. Or you might have an epiphany with, with cooking and a recipe that you work on and all of a sudden you work out if you, if you do these steps in the other way around, this, is, this would be the one. Or maybe you have an epiphany uh, with, with your woodworking and you realize that you're using the wrong kind of sanding paper and if only you used a different kind of sanding paper or paint or, or whatever it is, suddenly we can realize something. And so we call those moments epiphanies. The epiphany here is the manifestation of God. In the Orthodox Church, the Eastern Church, they would use the word theophany, theo being Greek for God, so 
so they would talk about this as the Feast of the Theophany, the, not just the manifestation, which is Epiphany, but the manifestation of God, to make it really specific. For the wise men, that's what this was. This was the manifestation of God. Here was God in human form. They've journeyed for two years to find Jesus. Their journey reminding us that sometimes it takes us a while to find Jesus. We can look in all sorts of different places. But if we pray in our heart to God, he'll lead us to the right place. He'll lead us to Jesus. We won't find a child in a manger, nor will we find a little two-year-old running around the house with his mother. But we find Jesus in the Gospels, and we find Jesus uh, with us by his Holy Spirit. And so, as we enter 2021, you might feel that you're in a position to give Jesus gold, or frankincense, or myrrh, or just very little at all. But whatever it is that you have to offer to him, now's the time to do it. I think for many of us, what we have to offer at this time is our time. It's time to take time out in prayer. Prayer being that conversation that's ongoing with God that we have. And so I want to encourage you as this year starts to take some time, offer what you can. Offer your prayer, offer your time, take time out to read the Bible. I set the challenge last week of downloading the Bible in One Year app. Uh, If you haven't downloaded the app yet and you intend to, go download it. I have downloaded it. I haven't opened it yet, but I've downloaded it. So I want to encourage you if you're like me uh, and uh, not quite there with it, uh, download the app and you know, we can get started tomorrow. Uh, the beauty of the Bible in One Year app is if you miss a day, um, it doesn't matter, you can just do it tomorrow. And even if it takes you more than a year, get reading. So we come recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah, is the King, is the one who'd been waiting, we were waiting for. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They came, they worshipped, they went home. What did they do when they went home? I'm sure they told people of who they saw and what happened. They met Jesus, the Son of God, So let's pray. Lord, would you help us this new year to do just that, to meet with Jesus, the Son of God, to know him in our hearts, to know him in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.